0: You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madju. This episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, Ten design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting, limited-edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Majuk, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Also, be sure to follow my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosher, at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow at Lockdown Dynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave those five star reviews. Help others find the show as long as they're not in your dynasty leagues. Happy Monday, Marcus. How's it going?
1: It's going, Kate. Uh, A lot has happened since the last time we have talked and I'm excited to get into it
0: there has been a lot of free agency news so that's always that's that's fun i feel like we were waiting so long for some of these signings to come to fruition and then mm-hmm. over the weekend they all just sort of stacked up uh boom 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 we've got uh chris carson staying in seattle Kenyon drake to the raiders Kenny Galladay to the Giants. We've got so much to talk about.
1: Deshaun Jackson Uh, to the Rams? Yes. Uh, Josh Reynolds
0: to the Titans? Good. No. Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh, my. (laughs) Very, very fun stuff. And then to cap off our episode, we're going to talk about all that stuff. But to cap off our episode today, we are going to continue on with our rookie preview series. We've got Sage Surratt, wide receiver out of Wake Forest. So that's going to be a good one. Let's dive in. I I think we should start with some wide receivers because I feel like Mm. those are are big ones. We got some big names. Uh, Let's start with Kenny Galladay to the Giants. I love this fit. I think this is such a great move for the Giants as an organization, but I don't know if there could have been maybe a better situation, honestly, for Kenny Galladay managers in Dynasty because there is no question, Kenny Galladay with the Giants, Kenny Galladay is top dog.
1: He is. I, I'm struggling with this one, Kate. So let's let's talk through it. So the Giants pretty clearly needed a number one receiver, and there was some um, going back and forth whether the 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 Giants wanted to pay him that much money coming off his injury. Ultimately, they did cave, and I think they paid him. I believe it was close to 18 million dollars per year, which to me exactly what he wanted. That, exactly what he wanted. Right. He is going to be the top receiver there, and. As much as I don't love Jason Garrett, he does do a typically a pretty good job of funneling targets to his number one receiver. So I do think the target volume will be there. I'm just not sure about the quality of targets. And and to go back a step, the other destinations that were kind of rumored for Kenny Galladay weren't necessarily great either, right? Like if he ends up in Baltimore, I don't think that helps his dynasty value, right? I just think this is a... A neutral level landing spot for Kenny Galladay. I'm not moving him up or down my ranks at all. I just feel like it's eh. It just doesn't maximize his value, I guess, is my biggest takeaway.
0: But see, I do think um, I'm going to play devil's advocate. So you're looking at Kenny Galladay, who obviously we didn't have a great sample size from last season due to this mysterious hip injury. Don't have to deal with that anymore. Matthew Stafford is obviously... By all accounts, the better quarterback, without a doubt. But I, I also think that Matthew Stafford, in general, was dealing with, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, who is a very excellent wide receiver. Had T.J. Hawkinson, I do think that Kenny Galladay poses a really big upgrade for Daniel Jones. And I mean, this is sort of like what we saw the Bills do last season, right? You see, can your your quarterback this this potential franchise guy make that jump once you give him a legitimate wide receiver one, we might be seeing a, a big jump from Daniel Jones. I'm not to, uh, not to say that he's been the perfect quarterback under center, no, no. but it, this could be a good thing for both Daniel Jones fantasy value. And I don't think this move hurts Galladay whatsoever. So I think no, this is no, actually, I think it's,
1: It's one of those ones that I I definitely agree with you on Daniel Jones. It 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 makes Daniel Jones a really intriguing, you know, like QB two in super flex leagues, right? Because of the rushing ability and all that kind of stuff. But does it help Kenny Galladay? Because to me, Galladay is a guy who does his best work in the deep portions of the field, right? I mean, he averaged uh, almost 17 yards per reception in Detroit, despite not always playing with Matthew Stafford. I'm just a little concerned, Kate that the Giants aren't going to use him that way. And that, to me, takes off his ceiling a little bit. And the other thing is, it's not like he's a 24 or 25-year-old receiver, like we're going to talk about in a second. He turns 28 in November, which, again, isn't old. But when you factor in the injury concerns and a quarterback that's, let's say, less than established, I am a a little bit concerned, but not enough to move him down.
0: All right. Well, how about... My own, my own guy, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster, coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty psyched about this one. I I said before we started recording that I just think when we talk about Juju, he is one of the more underrated wide receivers. I think mm-hmm. as somebody who, I, I guess, just watches him play a bit more because of the fact that, obviously, he, he plays for the team I'm rooting for um, – I think he's uh, one of these guys who maybe necessarily doesn't pop off the stat sheet over the last couple of seasons, but he's a guy that I think makes really big plays. He did take, I mean, there were so many potential destinations. We hear that uh, the the Baltimore Ravens made a push, the Chiefs made a push. I'm really surprised that he didn't take the, I don't know, the jump to the Chiefs. I feel like that would have been... A really interesting play. Why did he stay with the Steelers? And I mean, is this good news, bad news, or general news for, for <laughs> Juju
1: managers? To me, it's just more annoying than anything, right? Because before, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've been very aggressive going out and getting Chase Claypool because I thought, hey, there's no way that Juju returns. That means Claypool is a lock for you know 110 targets next year. And to me, this just takes the ceiling down from everybody in that Pittsburgh offense, right? Deontay Johnson uh, probably is not going to get more targets than he saw last year. I would be shocked. Juju is probably going to get about the same. I I think it is weird a little bit for Juju's career because if he goes to Kansas City on a one-year deal, I guarantee you he puts up monster stats in that offense. But to me, I think this was the most realistic way for Juju to get a long-term deal in Pittsburgh, right? The Steelers are going to have far more cap space after the 2021 season, play on a one-year deal, get extended by Pittsburgh, uh, and then get ready to play with the next quarterback. But from an overall dynasty perspective, I don't love it for Juju, and I don't love it for the other Steelers receivers. I think they all take a hit.
0: I will say I think this might be an opportunity to perhaps trade for some of these other assets within the Steelers offense. So I know you said that this move to re-sign Juju for this one-year deal, it does lower the ceiling of everybody else because you were hoping for some more of that that target dispersal. You were hoping that you were going to get some of Juju's share spread around a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but... I mean, maybe this is the time to buy a guy like Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson who – I mean, Deontay Johnson is the clear volume guy, but maybe this is the time to buy low on him because people are thinking, well, Juju's Juju's return does lower his ceiling a bit, just like you were saying. Maybe this is the time to just take advantage of that narrative and and buy because, I mean, Deontay Johnson just – his target chair last season – it was, was it was very hard to beat that on a weekly basis when he right. was actually on the field.
1: And the, the problem I have with Deontay is I feel like so much of his volume is because of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Of the three receivers, Johnson, Claypool, and Juju, he creates the most separation. And that's obviously what Ben Roethlisberger loves. He likes to see guys open. So when Roethlisberger leaves after the 2021 season... What do we have with Deontay Johnson? Because it's not like he's all that efficient, Kate. He had 144 targets last year and had fewer than 1,000 receiving yards. Uh, He averaged 6.4 yards per target, which is the fewest ever for a receiver that had at least 120 targets in a season. Uh, To me, it's probably a good window to buy Claypool, but not Johnson.
0: All right, I will take that. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, I want to talk about some running backs. We will hit on Chris Carson and Kenyon Drake. We'll be right back. The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis, the options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline.ag has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out BetOnline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us. Again, that's betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Let's talk some running backs. We've got some, I, I think these are two pretty significant signings, though uh, I'm kind of surprised we aren't talking more about them because they do feel just like they feel like pretty big deals to me. Chris Carson staying with the Seattle Seahawks. Very, uh, I mean, neutral move uh, for fantasy. But I think we're looking at Chris Carson. He's one of the most underrated running backs for fantasy. He's been such a solid performer on a perennial basis. He gets uh, what's effectively a two-year deal there in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Despite only playing uh, 12 games last season, he was the RB 17. He yeah. missed four games and still the RB 17. Average 14 fantasy points per game. He's just not a, a sexy pick, we'll say nope. that. And I think his ability as a receiver is pretty generally underrated for fantasy. How do you feel about this move? Are you excited? Does this make you want to get more shares of Chris Carson in your dynasty leagues?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because I think there was a potential that Carson could have went to Miami or could have been in a split backfield somewhere. I think we know if Carson's healthy, the Seahawks are going to give him touches. And I think while he's not the most sexy running back and the most uh, flashy, he is pretty reliable. I think he's a really strong RB, 2 uh, We've seen now three straight years he has nine touchdowns. Last year, he averaged 5.4 yards per touch, which was the most of his career. Uh, the yards per carry were up to 4.8, again, the best of his career uh, I I think he's a really really solid RB two that you can get at a pretty cheap price. We're even seeing some more volume in the passing game. Kate, last year he had thirty seven receptions in twelve games. You'll take that, you know, on pace to have you know almost fifty receptions. Uh, I, I really like him. If you if you need to get a cheap RB two this offseason, I think Chris Carson is the guy to target.
0: Now this is uh, looking back to the last month. I'm really interesting interested to see how his new deal with the Seahawks will affect his dynasty ADP but he was being drafted uh in mid February as the RB27 in dynasty startups behind Ronald Jones, behind AJ Dillon. Obviously, I think that's going to skew a bit this month. Uh I mm-hmm. think we're going to see some some shakeups there, but behind Kareem Hunt, I think this was such a a low a low end play. I, I, I just think the ceiling is so high for a player like Chris Carson. He's the perfect buy for a team in win now mode.
1: I, I would agree. And again, I don't think it's going to cost you that much. I'm really curious to see what he's been going for in trades over the last week. So if you guys have Chris Carson trades, please, please send them to us. Uh, you can send them to me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'd love to see him. Uh, so send them to the Locked On dynasty, Twitter, Because I want to know what it it costs to get Chris Carson because that's somebody in a couple of the leagues where I'm a little bit weak at running back. I I really like, Kate. He's not all that old for a running back, 26. uh, He does turn 27 in September. But two years of solid production in what's probably going to be a pretty good offense, I'm a fan.
0: And you know what? So last month he said, or I did say he was RB27 even with the the shakeups here i can't imagine him going somewhere beyond let's say running back 20
1: no I, I because really, of the volume right yeah
0: i i think that uh, he's one of these guys that has rb1 upside but you you pay as an rb2 which i think is just so perfect i i will send offers for him in any league that i feel that i'm a contender in the the coming season Let's talk about Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. I want to hear this from uh, the Raiders' perspective. (laughs) Really interesting signing. I actually think it's really good from a a football standpoint, but Mm -hmm. my oh my, did this take a giant, monstrous hit to the value of Josh Jacobs, who was a, let's say, a low-end RB1 in Dynasty to to high-end RB2. He just took... A, a giant nose plunge into into the ether, I think.
1: Okay. Uh, All right. So before we get to the dynasty part of this, just from an NFL perspective and a roster building thing, so the, the Raiders took Josh Jacobs with a 24th pick in the 2019 draft. And because they drafted him in the first round, they're so worried about using him up before the end of his rookie contract. So they're trying to preser- preserve him basically – we saw them spend a third-round pick on Lin Bowden last year, who they traded before he even took a snap in the NFL. They signed Devontae Booker and gave him a bunch of snaps. They signed Jalen Richard to a contract extension to take away some of his past receiving duties. And now they gave $11 million guaranteed to Kenyon Drake. So, I listen, just don't draft running backs in the first round of the NFL draft. That's basically, basically my conclusion. But as from a dynasty you know, point of view – it's terrible for for Josh Jacobs because it means that Gruden and Mayock don't trust him to be in every down back. They don't believe he's going to hold up. Uh, they've talked about using Kenyon Drake as a receiver, which certainly is going to cut into to his uh, you know receiving work. And then on top of that, the Raiders have really decimated their offensive line, and that's partly what made Josh Jacobs so good as a rookie. So. I I hate this for Josh Jacobs. I I don't I don't know what to think about where to value him. I think at best at best he's a middling RB two, but you could talk me into him being much much lower than that.
0: I think what this does for me overall, you're looking at just raising or sorry lowering the ceiling so much on Jacobs. I think we all were in agreement that what kept. Josh Jacobs as that like low end RB one was the potential that we all knew he had
1: and the volume
0: and the volume. I mean, you're looking at Josh Jacobs. He ranked third overall in the NFL in touches, but now you see Kenyon Drake rank ninth overall in total touches for the 2020 season. So you've got two running backs who ranked top 10 in touches for the season. I do think this move is a plus for Kenyon Drake. If, uh, if they are, decimating their offensive line obviously never good for the running back but could be a plus if they do need to get the ball out quickly and need to uh execute some of these short yardage passes dump offs to the running back could be really interesting for kenyan drake because i do feel like that is more of the role that we saw him be successful in from Mm -hmm. a fantasy perspective last season he was a a volume-based fantasy play for sure um I, i think that I don't know. What what does this do for Kenyon Drake's value? Because I don't, I guess I, I, I don't, don't like know where his value sits. Um, yeah. I want to say that I feel like this is a positive thing because we might see more of that upside uh, from a pass catching perspective from Kenyon Drake. But I really don't know. I, I don't have a good pulse on where the community is sitting at in terms of Kenyon Drake's value.
1: I'm not sure where where the rest of the Dynasty community is going to value him, but I'm not just going to tell you what's going to happen every single week if you own Kenyon Drake. There's going to be weeks where he has 14, 15 fantasy points because of receptions and breaking a long play, and then as soon as you insert him into your lineup as a flex play, he's going to have a two-point game because, uh, for whatever reason, that's the Jalen Rashard day or the Josh Jacobs day. He's going to be incredibly, incredibly frustrating from a fantasy perspective, and he's probably going to spend – 13 of the 16 weeks on your fantasy bench. So he's just a player with not a ton of upside here. If somebody is willing to, to trade you anything for him, that's you know worth value. Go ahead and do that because I don't think it's going to be worth the squeeze here.
0: All right, let's take another quick break. And then when we get back, I want to dive into rookie Sage Surratt. We will be right back. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than built bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, my favorite, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code LOCKEDON. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? builtbar.com promo code locked on welcome back into the locked on dynasty football podcast it is time for our rookie preview of the day we have sage surratt wide receiver out of wake forest 6'3, 215 pounds dominator in the 90th percentile 44.9 percent. that is fantastic sage surratt he's a tough tough old dude
1: he but is he's slow he he is, he is slow. All right, so let's let's start with the positive, Kate, because we are positive people, right? <laughs> he has ideal you know size and strength. He had a really good sophomore season at Wake Forest, uh, averaged over a hundred yards per game. Uh, he's got a pretty good upper body. He can twist it around. He's got good body control. Uh, I think he tracks the football pretty well, and his hands are soft. The problem is. He's just not a good athlete, and unfortunately, that's going to always limit him. He's sluggish kind of out of his routes. He's not all that quick-footed. He doesn't make plays after the catch, and the guy that I compared him to when I was watching him was Travis Fulgham of the Philadelphia Eagles, and it wouldn't surprise me at all, Kate, if he had a four-week stretch at some point in his career where he gets hot and he makes a couple plays in contested areas and he scores a couple touchdowns, and everybody gets excited. But this just isn't somebody that profiles as a number one receiver or a number two receiver in the NFL. He's always going to be a part time guy. I'm I'm just not a big Sage Surratt fan. I'm going to let somebody else draft him in my rookie drafts.
0: I think the fact that he does have this this ability at the the point of contested catches, all of this can add up to some flashiness. I think he might be a really interesting, uh, I've, I've said this before, a best ball pick, because sure. like you said, I do think the fact that he has those big play potentials, uh, that is going to put him at a point where he's he's bound to make some plays at some point, just probably not on a super consistent basis. In the 2019 season I, with Wake Forest, he did do a fantastic job, opted out of 2020, so we don't have that. Uh, we, we don't have a multiple-season record that we can sort of uh, see what his trajectory would have looked like, but, I mean, it, he was sort of the the focal point there of that offense, had 1,000 receiving yards in nine games, uh, 11 touchdowns. Uh, you, you really like to see that. He, in 2019, only had nine fewer receiving yards, one fewer catch, and one fewer touchdown than Denzel Mims, and he played five fewer games. Pretty
1: I mean, impressive. The, the the stats are really good. It's just, uh, it's I him. Get, he's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I just get worried when you don't have even average quickness, and everything becomes contested. Then you become JJ Arthego Whiteside, right? And that's <sighs> never a good comp.
0: Um, we I do think he's going to be one of these guys that his performance at his pro day, Wake Forest. They're going to be coming in Wednesday, March thirty first for their pro day. He's one of these guys that I think if he can impress, if he's been able to shave off time, uh, the most recent uh, projected 40 time I have for him is uh, a 4-6-40, which not great. Uh, he's one of these uh, players that I think with a good pro day, he could really improve his draft stock, but...
1: Outside but we see what, of we just see a really tape.
0: exciting pro day, I'm not sure yeah. that he's going to fly up many draft
1: boards. No, no, we see that he's not quick and he's not fast. I mean, he might run a fast 40 at the combo or at his pro day, but it it's not going to change anything for me, Kate, because he doesn't play that way. So even if he runs fast, don't be don't be uh, surprised Mesmerized. or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not going to be great.
0: All right. I think that's about it for Sage Surratt. I think we can both agree. Um, I, I would imagine he'll probably go uh, like mid-third round, maybe into the fourth round of your rookie yeah. drafts. What do you say?
1: Yeah, that feels about right. And I think landing spot will obviously dictate this. Some. If he's on a team that just doesn't have a lot of proven targets, maybe we'll see him slide up a, up a half round or something. But again, not somebody you want to be actively targeting in your rookie drafts.
0: All right, let's close out our show for today. We will be back on Thursday to talk more Dynasty football. Maybe we will have some more exciting news to come out of free agency. But Tuesday and Wednesday, you're going to get Matt Williamson, Ryan McDowell to help you build the ultimate fantasy football roster. As always, I am your host, Kate Modjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFFallBlast. And be sure to follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosier. And give the show a shout at on Dynasty. We want to hear from you, especially if you've had any recent uh, trades involving any of the players we talked about today. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, we want to hear them all. Uh, Be sure to to reach out and leave us those five-star reviews if you're feeling so generous and help others find the show. Thanks for tuning in.